0: Welcome to another episode of Footlock, or for the love of cars, and um, thank you for joining us again. This has been um, well, it's been sort of slightly sporadic over recent weeks, simply because we've we've all been away on holiday. And this week, as you can see, Drew is away on holiday, so I'm afraid you've got me, and in Drew's and place, we've got Charlie. Yeah. So Charlie is going to be um, helping me sort of sift through the news and, more pertinently, some of the films that we've been. Uh, doing and we've released this week uh particularly the sheer film because you were on the sheer film and you edited it yes uh, very nicely and carefully and thank you very much plenty of time yeah, so we'll lots of time we'll go through that and some of the comments that were left below it as well so try and answer some of your questions so without further ado um old drew always said what did he say he says um we need to um subscribe, subscribe. and notifications bell icons um, uh, Instagram, 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 Twitter, Facebook at
1: um, Films on Instagram yeah, at Carfaction on Twitter handles,
0: just look for Carfaction and click click like and everything just, just click all the buttons tremendous, thank you um, it does help us uh, anyway, news so, I'm going to start with the new BMW Z4 which was unveiled amongst other cars uh, which we'll come to at Pebble Beach over on the west coast of America and well, first impressions. First thing you go for was looks, and to me, it looks a little bit like a Fiat One Two Four Spider. Um, that particularly that front end. The rear looks quite like a sort of sort of squashed version of the old Z Four. Looks pretty good, but the front's not entirely sure about that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so it is got a folding fabric roof, which I think is quite nice. We're not going for saves a folding thirty
1: kilos. Thirty kilos of the is, old it? hard top. Roof.
0: there we go Or well, maybe and,
1: was at it 60 it could be 60. i
0: think i had 50 so it <laughs> saves it saves some weight uh, <laughs> that is not insignificant over the and of course it's, it's saving weight high up as well which is always important so they're going to bring the center of gravity the cfg um, down which is good yeah. um they unveiled the z4 m40i first edition there will obviously be other models in the lineup uh, over the coming sort of weeks and months as they unveil more Uh, technical details which i think we're due to get at the end of september possibly i heard uh this one had a three straight six always good classic bmw really can't go wrong with that uh 340 brake horsepower not 62 in 4.6 seconds which is rapid enough isn't it yeah Yeah. get the the wind in your hair um and importantly for us it's got an m sport differential which is is definitely a good thing um and there are rumors that some of them are going to get a manual gearbox as well which would be we like a manual gearbox. Yeah, we, we do like a manual gearbox, so um, of course. And as as you pointed out before,
1: yes, it's being developed at the same plant or built at the same plant as the Supra is being built, or Toyota's sports car. Yeah, the know, new Supra. What exactly? What we're, yeah. we're all
0: saying. So it should be, hopefully. I, I just wanted to be a bit more sporting than the old one was because it seems wrong that BMW yeah. should produce, you know, pretty much well, along with the i8. I suppose it's sort of most sporting looking car if you're going to look at it, i mean it's two seater roadster
1: slash coupe before do you think it'll be sort of boxter to cayman territory or
0: that's what we want isn't it mm. really i think that's that's what you kind of want from bmw you know they're meant to produce the ultimate driving machine and if you're going to produce a two-seater rear-wheel drive sports car then yeah, it needs to be it needs to be good it shouldn't yeah. just be a, a cruiser having said that they've unveiled it in the United States so perhaps it could be more of a boulevard cruiser let's hope yeah. it's a, a canyon crusher or whatever they <laughs> they call them i don't know um but um but the manual gearbox is good and the m differential bodes well so yeah. um yeah and potentially as well it's got a folding uh fabric roof rather than the folding hard top then that yeah. leaves the way open for i've mean, seen the supra is obviously going to be yes. a coupe so potentially yeah. we could get z4 coupe and an m coupe that would be
1: that would be, be good wouldn't cool. it yeah.
0: yeah yeah so that would um and then they go racing did you ever see the um z4 uh, race cars i think i did they were yeah they were really always just looked absolutely brilliant you see them in vln races and stuff like I'm that sure they the looked, picture up now and
1: then yeah exactly <laughs> we'll, we'll find a picture because
0: they, they don't mega um Actually, talking of BMWs, I'm going to go into the race news. We'll come back to the other news in a second yeah. because MotoGP, did you, um, you see it? No. I had it on for a few hours. Sort of, it was originally going to I'll take place take at like uh, 11.30 in the morning at Silverstone. And then it just kept getting postponed through the day. And there basically, there seemed to be a massive problem with the track. Yeah, I did um, actually read, and flooding. read about that. The weather yeah, was pretty terrible. the new surface or... yeah Yeah, exactly um which is a particular problem obviously for the bikes because well they've only got two wheels um and it was it was pretty treacherous out there and all the riders basically said we're not riding this unless it improves and um poor old Susie perry and colin edwards etc had to do basically like a five hour long stint on bt sport um taking everyone through the um day until they eventually said no we're not gonna do it but the most entertaining thing about it was actually watching the bmw m4 uh safety car um drifting around the track um intentionally or unintentionally i'm not entirely sure i'm not sure i had a great deal of choice given how spiky m4s we know can be in the wet um but that was that was pretty entertaining there was other uh, motorsport news over the weekend so we had the f1
1: i watched that you did watch that yes i did watch that
0: excellent did you watch the race or did you watch qualifying
1: i watched the race i didn't watch the qualifying oh wrong way around Uh, i'm afraid uh, well the first (laughs) maybe five minutes of the race was, it's definitely worth watching but after yeah. that it sort of everyone fell into their places really it was terrifying that accident wasn't yeah, it when it we was. first
0: saw it it was just one of those i think everybody held their breath hoping that it was yeah. going to be all right um yeah. and i think <laughs> there have been lots of critics of halo uh, and after the trouble is and it was always going to be the way that after an accident like yeah. that you can no longer criticize it because yeah. it
1: potentially they showed a shot of the damage actually on that yeah I if you saw that and it obviously impacted on the halo so yeah absolutely um, yeah, you so can't really argue with that
0: yeah and to be honest halo I don't know about you but it was one of those things after pretty much after the first race you kind of you just get, you used, get to used to it, to don't it. You? yeah you yeah. forget about it the human nature is to to adapt to these things and accept yeah. and and I think to be honest most people did so so yeah certainly so anyway, that was a spectacular um crash and you said it was like another one along 2012
1: so. Yeah, they showed actually showed a replay of the 2012 crash after it happened. The similarities are Spanky. crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, um,
0: that source is always pretty crazy anyway, because it sort of seems yeah. madness coming hair yeah. sort of pretty <laughs> much what feels like the tightest yeah. hairpin out there. I know they have got lots of runoff on the yeah. um, the exit, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, utter madness. I would say qualifying was better to watch. Well, to be fair. Q3 was the best time to watch because the rain came down and Lewis put in one of those typical Lewis Hamilton laps that means he is, I mean, whatever you think of Lewis's character and he certainly makes mistakes and stuff off the track and robs people up the wrong way, so to speak. Uh, but he is just, I mean, he is somebody we really should be celebrating as a you know, driving talent for the ages. One of the all-time greats because laps like he pulled out of the bag around a wet spa is something to behold i mean kimmy was also on fire he loves spa and he's reminds everybody what a massive talent yeah. he is um there but yeah what lewis
1: amazes me about spa is just every time i see the shot of them going up O rouge yeah. just from the bottom it's just how fast it is yeah it's just unbelievable it looks like it's in fast forward it it's just,
0: it's just incredible isn't yeah. it and the um i'm not sure if you so i don't know if they replayed it uh on the sunday but uh, sergio perez had a massive moment during that q3 oh, going up say. so he turns into a rouge but doesn't even make radio at the top um because halfway up the hill he just gets on this huge drift he's, he's on the lock stop so he's going <laughs> kind of, <sort> of <laughs> run out but it was that was a save and a half um through a rouge to uh, hold that and come out at the top it was um look it up yeah. it's it's out there um somewhere so
1: it's also a moment where they were, they were i can't remember who it was but they were side by side going up our rouge it just made me feel so nervous the speed <laughs> that they're going up and how close they were so yeah crazy yeah. stuff
0: it's a brilliant corner I, yeah. I know it's been sort of in some ways muted by modern f1 cars because they can take it yeah flat out obviously and there's yeah. lots of but in the wet obviously they they can't and it's it's a it's a massive test of yeah skill and bravery still isn't it it's um, um absolutely brilliant um wrc uh was on the last round was in um germany thank you whoever you said that <laughs> germany <laughs> why can i remember that um and Ottanak since we last did a footlock and i spoke about it Tanak has been on fire he's one the last two rounds um uh one gravel one tarmac and if he has another rally like that, he's 11 points behind Ogier at the moment, who's in turn is about 20 points behind Nerville. And it's looking like it could well turn out to be a three-way um, race for the title this year. It's fantastic seeing uh, Ottana coming back in and, and that Toyota hopefully getting a bit more reliability. It's Because um, you, you went out and saw, saw
1: it I did, yeah. I
0: haven't followed much after oh, that, jeez, if I'm us, perfectly honestly. honest. It's, um, but yeah. Tanak coming back is, is he's just he seems to be pretty much on another level at the moment I mean Nerval is struggling because he's he's still leading so therefore there's a certain amount of road sweeping going on at the moment but uh we've got Turkey coming up I think this weekend so uh we'll be looking out for that and then we've got Wales Rally GB uh, not long afterwards as well we've got Spain in between as well so it's busy old time for the WRC and that is turning out to be an absolute cracker this season so that's Good. I'm really Maybe. really chuffed. It's nice to see not one manufacturer yeah. leading. It's you know pretty much any car apart from the Citroen. To be honest, um, could could win it. So it's uh, it's great. Um, back into actually no, just before we go back to stay on most sport for just one second because yes. I watched last night the highlights from the Isle of Man TT Classic. Did yeah. you see that? No, Catch see that? that no, cyanide? missed that? Oh, no. I can't believe you missed that. Um, but just simply to say it was so. Obviously, John McGuinness um, took the senior in that on a pattern which has been a very successful bike in that race. But it was uh, he's come back from breaking what must have felt like basically every bone in his body, and he broke legs and thumbs and back and. All sorts of things. And it's been a, a long old road to recovery. And I think perhaps some people thought, probably not him, I'm sure, but um, lots of people thought he might never race around the Isle of Man again. But he was back there at the Classic TT and took a dominant victory on that bike, which was, I don't think anybody would begrudge him that. It was amazing to see. Um, tough breed, road races, Another breed, really. Um, anyway, back to the main car news. Uh, Aston Martin, bit of Aston Martin news. Um, two things yes start off with the one that i don't really i feel totally out of my depth with um aston is going to float on the stock exchange so from what i've read um up to about a billion pounds worth of shares is going to be floated on stock exchange so it depends obviously how the company's valued overall but that could be Uh, up to about a quarter of the company
1: five billion potentially okay what what i read on the bbc okay So so it could be valued at five value the company at five billion so we'll go between
0: four and five billion of which of which a billion uh, pounds worth of um, shares will potentially be um, floated and uh, currently the it's a mixture of Italian and Q80 uh, investors that own uh, Aston Martin plus a few other smaller investors Um, they had announced fairly obviously so sort of they've been announcing being keen to announce all their profit increases and stuff like that yeah um, so their half-year financial results have just been announced and they showed a 14% increase with profits up to 20.8 million pounds which sounds like a lot of money to they're me,
1: exploring lots so. of areas at the moment it's very like cash in, aren't they like sub submarine personal submarine
0: personal submarine and have you heard they're boat? doing
1: the Aston Martin residences in Miami no a skyscraper in Miami really aston martin residences wow yeah and um you're gonna be able to buy you can buy a studio i think is about five hundred thousand dollars up to about 38 million or something (laughs) for the penthouse (laughs)
0: ridiculous (laughs) wow so now you can live in your aston martin that was used to the old thing wasn't it you you can't sort of you can't drive your house but you can live in your um your car the
1: idea behind it is the door handles and stuff will be like aston martin design wow yeah so well, there
0: you go. perhaps they'll do some bond themed ones because that will bring us on to the next <laughs> kind of sort of one um which aston's obviously announced it's going to produce 25 uh db5 uh goldfinger cars so in the same way they did the db4 gt continuation which you can see a video of me driving up on site i love that car go and watch that film not many people watch yeah. that yeah i don't know why no because it's it is it's nicely shot cool and it's car. such a cool car. So go and find it. It's just some lovely, lovely slow-mo shots of it drifting around um Snatchen. So yeah, go and um look that up. But they're producing twenty five of these as I did with D B four GT continuation. And they're obviously going to be well recreations of the the iconic um silver birch coloured um DB5, which has appeared in, well, first appeared in Goldfinger um, since appeared. It was uh, Goldeneye, I think, it appeared in because it was with a race with the 355 um, above Monaco just after he'd jumped off the um, the dam. Um, And then obviously in uh, Skyfall when Daniel Craig um, drove M, which was Judi Dench up to his ancestral home on that and does get destroyed yes spoiler um, <laughs> just in case you're one of the, the, the two people like that, that hasn't seen skyfall um, but wonderful car it's going to have some gadgets on it as well they haven't really said what that. gadgets it's going to have so we we assume it's going to have a revolving number plate yes so that must be fairly easy to do um, i remember the original one that had that amazing little yes. sort of radar screen with the sort oh, of the green. yeah thing, but beep beep, <laughs> beep so that yeah. was um uh, that'll be in there. Bulletproof, band bulletproof band rear screen. Rear screen. That had up, um, and obviously you had the sort of the bits that would spray Just oil the, out behind and
1: the, and the spikes, tyre spikes, spikes or something. Yeah, I think
0: it came out of the um, the hubs yeah. as well. So oh, like yeah. sort of knockoff wheel yeah, hubs that would sort of raise. Sort of, um, and obviously the machine guns out of the front bumper when they flip down and come out the front, and of course the ejector seat.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that's the, the big one. who doesn't want the ejector seat in the car? That's but the
0: I can't see them
1: really no
0: i mean it would be great even if they they've got to do the gear stick with the button yeah i was going to say the button and 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 maybe it's a sunroof or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but so it'll be interesting to see what they they put yeah. in there it's going kind to of, uh it's going to cost 3.3 million each one um that's a lot which is is a lot is even more than the one and a half well, it's double, double the one and a half million that they charge for the db4 gt I'm pretty sure they would yeah. have done um because as somebody pointed out it, these days people will jump on these things straight away because yeah. they want the next thing they're afraid if they don't say yes to this yeah they won't get the valkyrie yeah. amr yeah. or whatever it is that they um they really want so um they're actually going to be 25 plus 3 more so Aston's keeping one for itself um fair enough. Uh, Eon who produce bond, uh, bond films. films um is getting one because they're helping out with yeah um the car and presumably sort of allowing them to to, yeah. to actually call it a sort of yeah. a bond recreation and stuff like that and then one's going to be auctioned off for charity at which point you sort of go well that's great isn't Fair it enough. because yeah. If, yeah. if anything it's, makes some money for exactly. charity, charity yeah. that's that's obviously good they won't of course be road registered now and i can understand yeah, that for db4 like that. gt because you drive it on track it's a track yeah. car so that's fine it's no different to um the vulcan or something like that but for this i understand why it can't be but then
1: and there's no way of a oh, someone who buys it there's no way they can make they can road register it i don't know
0: a single vehicle whatever it is um I, I don't know i it's a shame yeah it is a shame isn't it i suspect somebody will find somewhere and in some countries i'm sure it's much easier to yeah to do so You'll be able Sad to do to it. Sad think
1: that they might but, just sit in a in a garage.
0: Yeah, and, and this thing—I don't know what you do. You don't take a Goldfinger DB5 to a track day. So yeah, where do you drive yeah, exactly. that? What, what? Yeah, you know, what is the?
1: It's basically a show car. Really. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm sure some people have estates big enough to <laughs> drive them round and defend. <laughs> it's sort of, well, it Stoke Park wasn't it I think that um, Stoke Park that uh, Bond Sean Connery played um, golf against at Goldfinger. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, oh, so, yes. Um, yeah, I think that's I know that was what you're was, talking about, so. but I'm not sure where it is. Yeah. But yeah. Um, with the slazzenges. Um Anyway, moving on from Aston Martin. Other things unveiled at Pebble Beach. The 488 Pista. Ferrari 488 Pista. Spider. That's a drop-top version of the 488 Pista.
1: I completely missed that.
0: Did you? Yeah. Oh, it was white when it had a blue stripe down the okay. middle. Um, and they are saying that it's got the same same powertrain uh, so just to remind you it's 3.9 litre twin turbocharged v8 uh, 711 brake horsepower 568 pounds for the torque not uh, 62 2.85 seconds which is apparently exactly the same as the coupe uh, slightly slower to 224 miles an hour so eight seconds versus 7.6 um, and top speed is still 211 miles an hour so yeah now Fry hasn't been brilliant in the past at actually making terribly structurally rigid um spiders so I've sort of been a bit disappointed by some of them in the past but um hopefully they've solved it with
1: 488 you never know Um, have you driven the spider 488 spider
0: um that's a good question (sighs) I'm not sure that I have I've obviously driven the coupe and love it to bits it's fantastic um Still prefer four five eight speciale because it's got that naturally aspirated engine and I kind of I don't think you need any more. But well, um, but we do want to drive. I really want to drive four eight pista. Um, just yes, the, we yeah, need to regardless, so um, we need to make that film
1: happen. Yeah,
0: when Ferrari let us do that. Yeah, um, keep badgering, them. Leave comments below saying five something years, like that. Maybe. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. It's um, um, hopefully anyway. Um, moving on other thing unveiled at Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach was quite good. I don't know. Do you like sort of cars sitting around on lawns? That sort of thing?
1: I would quite like to go. I think it's quite a cool it yeah. sounds like quite cool There's a very event. cool
0: old Cadillac, um, at the I think Quail, um, which was the the Concourse and that sort of or Pebble Beach, I don't know which one. But anyway, that looked it just looked amazing, sort of this this huge, huge car with um ridiculous coachwork on it. It's um it's absolutely brilliant. So there's some there is some very cool stuff there yeah um there's a i saw somebody's um chap uh who i've met before and he's let me drive other one of his cars um who had a mclaren senna in actually i think the best spec i've seen which was I a sort think of dark I seen a green photo of that. With them. it was on lots of photos yeah. out there sort of dark green with with carbon um stuff like that yeah. and it did look really really good actually it was um the best one i'd seen so um well done for your spec on that philip um, the other thing I unveiled though is the Bugatti Devo
1: yes heard lots about that yes
0: um, sounds a bit like Diva, but it's named after um, Albert Devo who was um, a racing driver who twice. won Tug Florio twice uh, for Bugatti um, based on the Chiron and it's going to cost 5 million euros which is basically double what a Chiron costs um, and they're building they're only building 40 of them uh it's got the same engine in it so it's still 1500 horsepower um and it's got more downforce so it's got 90 kilos more downforce 456 kilos of downforce overall which is good it's not sort of out of this world by sort of current yeah um, um standards i mean the center we were just talking about that's got 800 <laughs> kilos of downforce so yeah that's a good chunk more um it weighs a whole 35 kilos less than a sheron, which is really not very much mm, no. although again this is, they've stripped out the interior a bit um i've seen they have taken some weight out of the wheels so if, if say they've taken i don't know say they've taken five nine one if they've taken some unsprung weight out is what i'm trying to say basically yeah. if if they've taken the unsprung weight out and that's where it's being saved from then that can make a big difference to the way the car feels as we discovered in fact we did a film on the gt2 rs uh last week week before i think was two that. weeks ago it might be two just, it's all blurring into one at the moment but we've done that film um which will come out in the next few weeks hopefully when charlie says it, and i've done some voiceover yeah. um but yeah, you could you could definitely feel the the difference there with the the lighter magnesium wheels. So again, if they do the same with the Chiron um, Devo, what Devo Chiron, Chiron wheels Chiron. made out
1: of? Normal Chiron, do you know?
0: Unobtainium, obviously. So this is unobtainium light, um, <laughs> probably, um, or just less unobtainium. Yeah. Um, but uh, the rear wing is twenty three percent wider apparently. So that's going to look pretty amazing because it's already a, a big old big old thing. Uh, Tweak steering, um, so be slightly sharper, increase camber. Um, Apparently it will be homologated as a road car, so it's not going to be like the DB5 Goldfinger. It's going to be able to be out there on the road, which I didn't expect, actually. I saw it and thought it was going to be a track day special. Uh, And they're saying it's a full eight seconds quicker round Nardo, which will mean absolutely nothing unless you know what the Nardo track is like, um, which I have heard it's amazing but I've, I've never driven there uh it's quite a long track so it's 6.2 kilometers which is 3.8 miles so it's about two seconds a mile quicker which is not to be not to be sniffed at given that yeah. it's no more powerful um it is slower in the overall metric than the standard on it's 236 miles an hour top speed because you don't get the second key to unlock uh, the, um, speed key. the speed key uh, to unlock the extra 24 miles an hour um that's because this is designed to be a sheer on for for the corners yeah um so yeah what do you think
1: i prefer the looks of the Chiron over the devo personally but i mean i agree I, i'm not i mean will, will we get a drive in that ever we'll i don't be know able to find out because that be cool. it
0: would yeah talking of which which leads us on to um Our Bugatti Chiron film, which went live this week,
1: no Friday,
0: Friday, so week ago, a week ago. In the last seven, by the time you see this, it will be it will be eight days. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't seen it, go and watch it, please. (laughs) To all those that have watched it so far, currently sitting on a sort of I think about a couple hundred thousand, um, or just under. um, Thank you so much. Thank you for all the comments about it. Uh, It's one of those films. I'm always quite nervous before we put a film out as to how it's going to be received but with this one once I saw even the first rough draft that Charlie sent me I was so chuffed because um, Charlie done a brilliant job and it it conveyed to me what I wanted to get across about the car Um, and we talked I talked a lot about the uh, the handling of the car and what it's like on a twisty road as opposed to in a straight line so exactly what they've um, tried to do with the, the Devo but i mean go and watch the film but it really does handle b road incredibly well certainly the one that we found and was much much better than i think even i thought it would be much more fun actually and it's like i said in the film it's a bit like a monstrous fiat and no it's not as light and nimble as other cars and something arguably like a renault alpine a110 or something like that that's you know fraction of the weight um perhaps it would be more fun but the point of the matter is that you've got this 1500 horsepower and the question is whether you can use that in that setting and it still be enjoyable or whether it's just a case of you pot around the corners squirt it down the next straight and then wait again so whether it's this sort of enjoyment frustration enjoyment frustration or whether it's actually you can make it flow down the road and still use all that power and yes you're going to have to make some allowance of the sort of weight you, you can't get around that it's a it's a two ton car you you're never going to be able to get around that but if it can still be enjoyable and you can you know exercise that sort of power on that sort of road then it becomes its own thing and i think it does have a have a place it becomes its own exercise and um, it certainly was it was really, really enjoyable we thought we'd have a look at some of the comments below and a couple of questions um, oh, one of the things as I mentioned um, that uh, Jean Bugatti was sadly killed avoiding a cyclist I should point out that it was a drunk cyclist and therefore it was really a drunk on a bicycle rather than a, a cyclist b- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the cyclist fact it, it, it was a drunk that just happened to be riding a bicycle yeah. it wasn't a sort of it wasn't um, the bikes no exactly it wasn't anyway um somebody in it's no, just
1: an idiot essentially because yeah, yeah there's in... a lot of blame on the on, <laughs> yes on cyclists in the in the comments
0: absolutely which as a which cyclist is going <laughs> <really gonna, laughs> to pretty kind of pretty bad you. about that to be honest I mean, there <laughs> i am sort of you know to be, be a cycling and motoring journalist and <laughs> I suddenly feel like i've opened up a whole rift between people so there we are yes um Blame the drunks, not the cyclists, please. Um, so, going to the comments, Dom Kane. So good to see Stephen Merchant doing well after working with Ricky Gervais. Thanks very much, Tom. That's. Uh, I saw um,
1: that. I don't. I don't really see it though. Yeah, Stephen
0: Merchant. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind. Um, it's. Um, he's a funny man though. He is a funny man. He's a very funny man. Yeah. Yes. Um, very. Probably that's what he is. Um, maybe maybe it was comedy nothing to do with the fact we're both tall and quite skinny (laughs) (laughs) anyway moving on um so venom 5809 i've been lucky enough to have been in a couple of veyrons and i love the shiron but i have to honestly ask how is it worth double plus the price of a veyron i just don't see it um it's a good question um and i kind of agree it's hard to see where it's in terms of the sort of quality, has it been a step change in quality? No, because the Veyron was extraordinary. If you ever sat in one of those and pressed the buttons, that was equally phenomenal sitting. And I, I love the thing, um one of the things we tried to get across is the fact that the interior has a simplicity to it because they yeah. know that this is going to have quite a long shelf life by the time they've built all 500 Chirons. Um, and it was the same for the Veyron, I mean, that was out for. Ages and ages. So they tried to. They didn't put a, a sat nav screen in there that's going to look horribly outdated um, in two years' time. Um, it, they wanted it to be something that was going to look timeless inside. And I think the reason the Chiron costs more is simply, you know, it, it's the market has moved on in yeah, that I time. I, I mean,
1: mean, when when did the Veyron come out?
0: Was uh, it was two thousand I was going to say five. Oh, five, I think, I wasn't know. it? um so well over a decade ago so yeah right?
1: i mean there's also inflation in that i mean it's not double the price but no i, I agree the market has moved on Then and- i think it's
0: a case of what people will pay for this yeah. car i mean at the time obviously they struggled to sell Veyrons by the sounds of it really hence all the special editions and that sort of thing um yeah. but subsequently we've we had the uh the holy trinity as they got called uh 918 and uh, P1, and they sort of triggered initially. I think they struggled to sell some of those, not Ferrari, obviously, because they have yeah. the magic touch of being able to sell these things. But um, but subsequently, once people realised, and it obviously helped with the car market booming um, and people speculating on these things, suddenly the the price for all these things, just what people were prepared to pay, yeah. increased no end. And, and Bugatti has, I don't want to say cashed in on that, but they, it's just. I suppose if you're going to make something as well that um, stands out and you're going to say this is the best, this is the pinnacle, then you have to charge like it's the best. I mean, they might... I have no idea. Perhaps perhaps they could sell it for one and a half million. Yeah. But I suspect not, and I suspect because the Veyron famously, I think, lost money on every one they sold, didn't they? they? So I suspect they didn't really want to do that again either. So a combination of perhaps the Veyron being... Um, underpriced and uh, the market haven't moved on that's probably why the prices has moved on so much rather than as you say any particular sort of leap in quality because the Veyron as you rightly pointed out was already um, of enormous quality itself um, next question uh, we've got from Pim and Max uh, both really asked the same thing uh, amazing video thank you very much indeed amazing videography Uh, What camera set are you using? Which cameras are you making this piece of art? GH5's Red C200? Well, I think I can take this one because... uh, sorry, Charlie. (laughs) What did you use?
1: Well, firstly, there were were two of us. It was George and and myself uh, shooting. And we... I mean, the main camera we use is Sony FS7, which if people are into cameras should probably know is what it is, because most... I would say it's probably one of the most common cameras sort of professional cameras low level professional it's nothing like cinema cameras like your, your reds which um Pim mentioned there we don't shoot on red because it's just far too difficult to even begin to comprehend how to carry that kind of fully rigged red around like we did on GT2 RS <laughs> shot one film with it but we won't be doing it all the time but yeah, um FS7 GH5, GH5 is a, is an amazing little camera if that's if, a if anyone's Panasonic Panasonic, yeah. Panasonic GH5 if anyone's even considering to sort of start getting getting into video at all, that's like a great entry level. It'll do everything that you need it to do. Um so those two cameras. Yeah, spot on really. We amazing. have one one on a small little gimbal so we can move around quickly because of course we only had 12 hours with the car really yeah yeah probably to shoot the whole not film that, but yeah so we can never travel with all the gear we'd like but um being able to have two cameras with quite light setups means we can you know run up and down the road quite a lot get all the shots we need um
0: and of course the drone as well
1: and the drone yeah drones important never want to overuse a drone but putting two three great drone shots in there can really add something to it i'd yeah. say It's also worth mentioning you need to be very careful where you place cameras on cars like this because they are very expensive (laughs) so with the chiron um i would have i would love to do loads of bolt-on shots on the outside but um because it was bare carbon we were told we weren't allowed to put any cameras actually on those on those areas that some had the the... the paint protection film on it which is why there's only a very few bolt-on angles but you know what can you do what can you, you don't do? want to damage Indeed. 2.5 <laughs> no
0: no you don't really do it's going kind to of, actually sort of so um somebody else asked that uh i don't know says uh, that's his handle um i think he doesn't know how much that car costs otherwise he wouldn't have driven that fast um well i mentioned how fast it, or how much it costs in the first sentence of the film pretty much so um i did know how much it costs um but it's a fair point because obviously some of these cars do cost a huge amount of money and more than I'm probably likely ever to earn in my entire life. So how do you get over that? Does it intimidate you? Yes, to some extent. Certainly when I started doing this job, you can't get away from that fact and this is sort of might nag at you a little bit, but you have to you have to get away from it because otherwise I can't do my job properly i think really in terms of you always respect any car because it's it's at the end of there it, it's somebody else's property um uh, it's my own escrow i can do what i like with it but um most of the time it's somebody else's property and of course you're going to respect that and respect the car respect the engineering that's gone into it and be mechanically sympathetic um, no matter what it is uh, but with something like a chiron yes you're very aware that it's going to be a very expensive accident but equally you can't let that sort of rule the way you drive the car because um otherwise i couldn't push it and see what it's like and tell you what it's like so um yeah you have to kind of remember that it's it is just a car at the end of the day um and it will understeer or oversteer and you know it's four-wheel drive or it's rear-wheel drive or it's front-wheel drive and the engine's in a certain place so once you know all these things you can start to understand what it's like and what it's probably like to do i suppose in certain situations and that helps you to push it um and yeah it's, it's a
1: it's also down to capability really i mean if you put me in a Chiron, there's no chance i'd be driving like that because <laughs> i would probably be going up 20 miles an hour over i'd be terrified but if you've driven these cars like this before like the Veyron and even other supercars then i'm sure you have more confidence in
0: yeah and And doing
1: it and and not having an accident
0: yeah and the other thing is to say that you know i generally basically whatever i do it's sort of it's you get into these cars and you start off you you build up to it um you know you don't just jump straight in and try and drive it as fast as you can down a piece of road um because that would be irresponsible and um and you you miss so much if you try and do that as well. You you want to know what the car's like at low speeds and get used to the steering weight and how it transitions its uh, its mass around and just understand the car from at every level because, um, yeah, it's more enjoying that way. You get sort of more idea of the depth. And as we started the film out, just sitting there in it, quietly looking at all the, the detail in it, that's that's lovely as well, I think. So certainly with a car like that um so yeah all sorts of things but yes i i was aware of how much it cost um next question oh now i don't know how to say this one this is all run together so it could be oven or way or it could be ove norway possibly anyway uh question for henry you have driven both this and the mclaren f1 different cars from different times i know but if you had to choose what would you
1: pick interesting question
0: yeah what would you pick charlie
1: mclaren f1 yeah yeah it would have to be the mclaren either but just british it is is the original hypercar for me yeah
0: i think it's sort of for me i mean i i grew up revering the mclaren f1 i've been lucky enough to drive a couple and uh the there is nothing like that engine um in particular um the sound of it uh, the seating position in it, it it's um, and the attention to detail you, you can compare the two to some extent i think is much um you know there's different they're going about things in different ways um but the the engineering detail in both cars is enormously enormously impressive um and i think anyone that approaches the Veyron or the Chiron it's purely sort of blunt instruments with just a lot of power to go in a straight line you know it's andy wallace said these are not cars that you you build in your garage at home they've they've thought about everything because it has to be as reliable as a a golf and um do these big speeds whilst upholding the vw group and um, um brand integrity i suppose so under the skin they are exceptional pieces of engineering just as the McLaren F one was. But for, for absolute purity, I, I think it won't surprise anybody to know that I would yeah I'd have a McLaren F one. Um particularly one of the LMs I think. Not that I've ever driven one but I just like the idea of the L. Yeah. It was it was a particular favourite. So yes, thank you very much for your question. Um and I think that was pretty much all the other things. Um ah, no, there was one big thing which a few people mentioned. Um, very nice video says Roger. Um, I don't buy that it wouldn't be able to deploy its power so effectively if it was lighter. Arguments at all, though. Sure, a heavier car pushes the tyres hard down the tarmac. But the benefits of this are generally overridden by the disadvantages of the effects of the inertia caused by the weight. And anything you want the car to do, accelerate, brake, steer. Um, and Albo Pastrami also say great vid, but the more weight helps. Um, helps point from bugatti is bs uh yes it'll help in some aspects but overall lower weight it will always be preferential and yes that's i suppose that's that's what i meant and what they mean is the fact that obviously a lot of what defines this car is the the straight line figures and that's where the the weight does help no of course on a twisting piece of road lighter weight is is going to be better um all the way down to something like the light car company rocket which is the you know the stable motor for clarinet one i suppose because it was gordon murray designed um lightweight is is better I, i'm not saying that for a second but i definitely i uh, say i said heard this from um nissan as well in terms of the gtr just in terms of actually getting that traction which is what uh Chiron is is known for and that sheer accelerative force um and being able to do that um sort of repeatedly and so impressively in terms of you know once the tires are up to temperature not that much temperature in either it can take full throttle in first gear which is bonkers 1,
1: 500 yeah horsepower.
0: it is just i mean to do that you need a certain amount of weight pushing the tyres into the tarmac and so that's what i was getting at no of course um yes the uh the braking and the um the, the the steering and all that sort of thing aren't going to be helped by extra weight but purely in terms of going fast in a straight line uh that's where the if it weighed 300 kilos less then it would be slower fact comes from and came from andy wallace who is to be honest a man who set more straight line speed records i think than most people probably watching this and knows what he's talking about so i'm 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 happy to trust Andy wallace on this so he's um wouldn't trust him on everything obviously um jeepers i mean but um but on that i'll i'll give him that um so yes thank you once again for all the the kind comments on that we'll we'll keep striving to push the yeah car filming forwards and and all that so um we're so pleased that everyone likes it and please please do share it around because uh, it helps us enormously it's sort of I know it's one of the things please like and share but sharing this around on whether you see it on Facebook or on YouTube um, or anywhere else for that matter um, just telling other people about it and the stuff we do does help enormously so please do that. A couple of other films um, sort of coming back down to earth a little bit. we've had the Land Rover Defender what it's like to live with six months which is really a roundup of stuff we've done in footlock really isn't it there is
1: actually some behind the scenes stuff in there from Bugatti. Uh, there is so yeah because we drove it out to to moorsheim so yeah yeah,
0: have a look at that um it's just a quick car plus film but uh yeah rounds up a few of our thoughts on living with the defender which has overall been very very positive it has yeah it has yeah it's been away for um about a month or so um but we'll talk about that next time when true it's about we'll keep people on tenter hooks. Yeah. what could that be about well, what happened to it yeah absolutely um uh the other film luftgekult um i want to talk about which was done at Bista heritage which i think i failed to mention in the film actually where it
1: was yeah um, i think some people someone was asking up on that
0: so yeah sorry about that i um, i should have mentioned it, it was at Bister heritage uh which is an old um Air Force Base was actually built in 1936, Mm. which is why so much of it has sort of remained extant and uh, in good order, because before the Second World War, things were generally built uh, to a higher quality, whereas once war broke out, things were just thrown up um, any old tower because they needed the buildings. Um, Anyway, it still exists. It's a wonderful place. Have you been down there?
1: I never have. You should should go. It's it's,
0: um, it's a, a great place to wander around and a perfect setting for This Lufkacult exhibition, which is a show of old uh, air-cooled porters, Lufkacult meaning air-cooled, and it's been across in uh, on the west coast of America uh, for five times, I think, and then this is uh, perhaps this is the fifth one. It's the first one in the UK, anyway. And Jess Vort, who sort of positions all the 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 halo cars in this, um, just. In terms of sort of framing them up, and we tried to um, capture some of that in the film. So, and we interviewed him about it um, in the rain. So, yeah, I if, didn't, I didn't
1: film that, but um, Ollie no, did a didn't. great, Ollie did a great job. He did it a really was, good job, yeah, yeah particularly really given the um, conditions, um, the conditions, which yeah, was uh, really was very really good.
0: Cool. So, um, yeah, go and have a look at that if you like old portions because it's um, yeah a feast for the eyes. Yeah, I think so. And that I think brings us the end of this this footlock <laughs> <laughs> you survived What <Well> done charlie <laughs> um anything else you wanted to add i don't think so, so not really really got stuff no, coming up yeah next week and that sort of thing so please once again um subscribe like check us out on instagram we're doing quite a few more instagram stories drew's been doing quite a lot of ask me anything yes um things He's been very good at that yes um is. not that i can because i've got logins but um, it's uh, <laughs> uh, he's been very good doing behind the scenes on A8 and Q8. A8, you did yeah, s- the other night. A8,
1: um, yeah, A8 at night, Q8 the day before. I think it was. Yeah.
0: So go and check um, check out the Instagram stories because you get more behind the scenes stuff there as well. And yeah, thank you very much for watching and all listening. Um, we really appreciate it and uh, keep the comments coming.